Seven, nine, three, one, quip. We, we, are we live now? Are we, are we good? We good? Yes? Is, is this thing on? Yeah. Hello. Hey, and greetings, commanders, and welcome to episode 281 of Lave Radio, the show that talks oh, about wow. the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. That's you guys. <laughs> I'm your host, Ben, Nos- ben Mosswoodward. If I get my tongue back in, you don't want to know where that's been. Uh, otherwise known as Commander Edelweiss. And not joining me, I, I actually I'm going to start this out with some sad news that, unfortunately, Commander Phoenix Defire cannot be with us this evening. We have heard reports about an incident involving a Xenobunny and possibly a pot, maybe a bit of cooking, and that's, yeah, and, and then he, he, he's just like, I have to go now. And that was, that it, was about all we heard. Did not the Xenobunny just gently kind of cut itself? Well... trying to escape the cage, and then the acid, the blood it had, melted its way out, and it then escaped. We have seen images of the Xenobunny's cage and a melted... With, with a melted cage, with damage to the cage, and we have heard reports about pots. Not Colin smoking pots, just about... Bunnies and pots and ovens. Well, I'd also seen reports on the news that there is now a kale shortage <laughs> in Collins Town. No, no. For, for the record, anyone who's actually listening, Xenobunny is apparently fine and is making a full recovery. Uh, but it is true, Colin actually can't be with us tonight, which is why you've got me being the gentle, kind soul that I am. Did you mispronounce oh, asshole? Today? <laughs> anyway, so joining us on the show tonight, we have the chief bar steward himself, Grand Psycho Cow Wolfcott. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the sweariest version. Now you'll find out exactly what Colin did for you all. <laughs> uh, I, I might, because oh, I'm, I'm hosting tonight, I might be well behaved. I normally just like get in and troll Colin, whereas tonight it's Shan's turn to just troll me instead. We also well, have Commander Shan. Hello. I was about to say, Ben, we can still troll Colin, but he can't respond. So it's where's the, where's the fun in that? Oh, it'll be after the show when he comes back on Discord and moans at us. Comes to come in and cry to us. So, uh, so Commander Colin, Commander Colin, Commander Phoenix of Fire, otherwise known as Colin Ford. If you would like to get in touch with the show, we are on Twitter at Lave Radio. We you can respond to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Lave Radio, I think it is. We're also on Discord. We've got our own Discord channel at discord.io slash Lave Radio. And you can send an email to info.laveradio.com. If Colin, you want to make any kind of responses, we will get all your messages there and then feed them to the Xenobunny. And also joining us this evening, sitting quietly and actually well behaved in the background, we have a, we've got a, a bit of a stranger to the show. We've got Commander Kurgle. What up? Hey, I stole you, you Hello. <laughs> 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 right. 
Commander Souverine, unfortunately, also can't be with us this evening. We've heard rumors again involving food, funnily enough, and cheese and bacon, I believe it is. I ate so you've just so I could steal his hello. You, you, you're not stealing Sue's cheese and bacon, I hope. No, just his hello. Uh, just, just his hello. And most importantly, though I can't think of any food-related intros here, we're also joined by somebody who I really wouldn't want to eat, or even the logo or anything like that. Although, actually, John, how does a weasel wrap taste? I know they make awesome T-shirts, but what are they like in a stew? Yeah, they're um, they're not bad, uh, not bad skewered and cooked over a barbecue. Well, weasel wrap on a stick. Yep. Excellent. That's what we like. Yep. And and I believe you you've got somebody ghosting in there with you as well. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I'm I'm Oliver, um, and me and John are from Spider Man Games. But Ben wasn't going to introduce that bit, so I thought I might as well do it. I, I, I I've heard him narrate this thing before so um i'm making this up as you go along as you might be able to tell <laughs> well, really <laughs> okay now, it's, i've been following the script exactly you've been yeah, worse you, for you <laughs> oh. uh, so oliver you might know from making certain special effects and effects during the recent 24-hour stream that frontier did booms and and various other bits of foley yeah, Frontiers sound. Um, I think I think we know one of the weak points uh, of Elite Dangerous. <laughs> they, they themselves is the soundscape. Yeah. Um, they're, they, they're working on me to replace most yeah. of the main sounds in the game. Yeah. So I, that that's going to come in a, uh, another update. I can't tell you when when though. Soon quarter quarter. No ETA. Two. I think two uh, they're going to be using it to beatbox. <laughs> yeah, Elite Dangerous music. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It's going to be a sequel to a leap the musical. Yeah. 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 Direct, direct follow up. It's going to keep the same canon. Oh, brilliant. We're also going to make sure there's no clash with the officially dangerous canon. So, yeah, you don't have to worry anyone. There's no such thing as official elite canon anymore. So you can just make it up. Oh, controversial. Burn. Oh, I don't know if I can set Oliver up here or not, but would you like to, you know, seeing as I'm currently jumping off to lave. Do you think you'd be able to try giving us the sound effect for me doing hyperspace and things? Including a friendship drive. In, including uh, the friendship drive, obviously. Even the friendship drive. I'm not sure I could, um, because I can't do the voice. For people who don't know who I am, which is like almost everyone uh, on the, the channel, I'm sure. What these guys are referring to, I'm, I'm a games master for uh, the Elite Dangerous role-playing game. And I'm known for slipping into the occasional sound effect. But one of the things is that, obviously, when I do women, I, I, I don't really alter the pitch. <laughs> much. I, I raise it up a bit. So I can't... Can you put really on a female character's voice? Let's let's rephrase this. Right, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when yes. I... Yeah, put on a female character's voice. That's right, yeah. If, if yeah, specificity is what you're after, I know. I know being very sharp and accurate is what Lave Radio is, is all about. <laughs> We're professional. Um, We're known know. for it, really. So yeah, you know that five, four, three, two, one. I can't really very convincingly. Uh, so maybe it's not worth it. This is my very best impersonation. Okay, are we ready? Okay, right. I I'm traveling to LP four seven six two zero seven, and I'm overheating. Go. So no, that's the best I could do. Oh dear. <laughs> Okay, well, never mind. Uh, I'll keep working on the sound effects. 
spare time. I don't want to get you off track. Uh, why don't you move on to the next? Should we, should we move on to the next stuff? Okay, I think we should. I, mean, I, I don't want to tell you your job or anything, man. But uh, yeah. you know, hey, we've got two. We've got two hours to kill. No yeah, I guess so. Someone I mean, tell him his job. It's gonna be all this good, then you know, people can be on the edge of their seats. Look, I'll, I'll leave you to it. I'll leave you to it. Um, you just uh, wave to me when you want me to speak again. Okay, okay, we'll do. Right, in that uh, case, shall, shall I shall I behave myself and move on? <laughs> Well, I was about to suggest that, dear listeners, please message Colin and say, Colin, come back. Please come back. Please come back. <laughs> you, you don't know what you were missing until then, or did you? Uh, in that case, then, Sean, why don't you tell us about your week? I've had quite a good week, actually. Nearly finished my last permit I can get, so I'll be allowed everywhere that everyone is allowed to go. So that's been quite good fun, actually, getting in my crate and uh, running. So how did you manage to get the rental permit? Well, I'll tell you after the show. Um, okay. But anyway, yes, yeah, so that's been quite good in game. Uh, out of game, what have I been doing? Oh, yes, we have purchased a treadmill for the eldest mini Shan to do his RAF fitness test on. So I have not had a go on it, but I did push the dog on it and watch the dog on the treadmill, which was quite funny. Is your dog basically like your own personal NPC? I do model my NPC behaviour, yes, on the dogs. Anyway, so that was that. Youngest Mini Shan had a week-long farrier test as part of the household recovery job, so we'll find out how that goes. So, yeah. And it's farrier been... is looking after his horse and stuff like that? Uh, person who shoes horses and if you like, is a triage for horse medical care. Okay. So, yeah, it's been quite a good week, really. And, Monsieur Cow, how's it been going for you, sir? Oh, well, Crikey, what a... It's another week that I, I look forward to, um, you know, saying goodbye to. But other than oh, that... Bless. yeah, it's been that bad. Yeah, that bad. It's just one of those ones. They happen every so often to make you question, you know... Why do you get out of bed in the morning? Why do you not smother your children when they're born? They were that kind of week. Yeah, so far, we're getting through that. Um, my brother, he has getting... Well, I'm not even sure if he's managed to get... He's on to new medication today, which requires the assist or the supervision of medical staff. This is the stuff that could kill him. Oh, this is the super serious stuff, yeah. yeah. It could kill him, or it could make him better. Which, you know, I think is one of those ones where it's like, you know, who ate that first egg uh, that came out of a chicken? Is, is that the decision of why is this a good idea? Surely we've got better mm. medicines that aren't going to kill me. That'd be good. Can we try those ones first? But he has. I, um, I thought you did try those ones first, unfortunately. He did. did, so... Hopefully this will make a, a difference for him, but we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but the good news is that actually probably by next week we should have a good idea if the difference is coming. It should okay, hopefully well, work hopefully fingers crossed. that fast. I've been playing a game called Remnant of the Ashes, which is like Borderlands 3, but without any consideration to storyline or plot. You can just rush through, shoot lots of things, as I'm doing just now. And it's quite therapeutic then. It is. I mean, Borderlands has got that kind of beautiful comic book art um, storylines interject during the game, so it keeps you on the path. This has levels and boss fights, but you don't actually know 
if you've progressed the story much until you kind of go back to a safe point, so to speak, and then you find out, you know, oh, okay, that is the next bit. And then you spend an awful lot of time when you log back in the next time going, where was I? How was it going? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Have we completed it yet? Nope. <laughs> um, but it's quite good fun. It's, it, most games are get the angst out and get out of your head for a bit. But yeah, it's been a tough old week. I did sort of dedicate a few moments that I had to be able to spare to go and watch and tune in and have a carry on with the Frontier stream this week. And I would be reminiscent if I didn't ask about your bathroom. You'd be remiss. Don't worry about yeah, it. Colin mispronounces words. You clearly, you're going to go for a new thing where you don't even say a word that... I don't even yeah. say the right word. Exactly, that's fine. I'm not going to wind you up about it, you idiot. Because um, <laughs> I've got verbal diarrhea too. The bathroom is stalled for the time being, but we are definitely hopeful that uh, the outcome of the medical stuff today may yield results yet, and we may well find ourselves on the road to Tiledom, potentially doing a grand reveal of a tiled bathroom and functioning toilet and sink at LaveCon. Can't guarantee that. Ooh. It's only been, I don't know, did we do a competition this year yet to see how many years, no, sorry, how long, not how many years. <coughs> <coughs> it's been, I think it was, it was last year, wasn't it, that we did that? How yeah. long's Graham been doing the bathroom for? <laughs> yeah, we have to exclude leap years. <laughs> I can't help but feel that given all of the, like, um, funds we've raised for charity in the past that we shouldn't do a GoFundMe for Cal. <laughs> Well, you see, this is the thing, right? Okay, so obviously we've, we had um, various different guys out, tilers and stuff, to try and um, come out and do it. You show them all these tiles, boxes of thousands of 6,000 odd tiles, and they look at They're them nice. and they go, um, are these the ones you want on the wall? And you're like, why the hell would I show you ones that I don't want? And that's insane. What are you talking about? And then they run away out the door crying and screaming. They don't even <laughs> give you a quote. Which will be done first? Cal's bathroom or fleet carriers? Fleet carriers. Yeah, fleet carriers for sure. I don't know about that. Okay, which one will have less bugs? Bathroom. <laughs> As off. <laughs> You'll only ship it when it's done right. <laughs> well, first of all, Cal, if you're doing I can tell you this. Sorry, I've not got a focus group or a forum page where people can tell me exactly how I should do my bathroom, nor that if they were doing my bathroom, this is how they would do it. What you should have done, Cal, sorry, is not announce your bathroom until it was done, because obviously we've had all the years of expectations and hype surrounding it. So, you know, you just set expectations too high for your bathroom. Well, this is, yeah, this that's is a, a, um, a star citizen type situation where it's, you know, this, this, the bathroom has been funded for eight years. And $300 million. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, all I've got is this lousy and fish tank. The tiling and, and all you yeah, guys are wireframes. It's been eight years since we've been speaking to you, you, you and you guys, John and Oliver, from Spider-Man Games. So I'm not going to mention Spider-Man Games as often as I can, I guess. Thank you. <laughs> so, without getting into what you've been up to, what have you guys been up to? Um, um, we've, um, not, not a lot. Not last week, actually. It's we, been a bit quiet. No, it's, it's been relatively busy. Um, we did um, uh, Elite Wise. We, 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 we appeared briefly on the uh, Frontier live stream, 
which was lovely actually uh, to up and see them. So we saw Paige's last day. It was a very long last day. Yeah. Uh, Bless her, she, 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 yeah, she worked, six hours. She worked every hour of her last day. Um, <laughs> yeah, they can't say, uh, you know, she's, they didn't she's get their money's worth, skimmed so, off yeah. early. Sure. Um, and that was lovely. We were up there um, about the time that they started auctioning off the um, the Anaconda and the Corvette, uh, which which was amazing, actually. Like, uh, the, there was a bidding war, wasn't there? Uh, yeah. Between Zulu, Zulu Romeo. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, the the well, not shown in a few times as well. Oh, uh, may, maybe I didn't I didn't see that bit, but uh, but yeah, Zulu Romeo was was up there yeah. with um, uh, yeah, Ninja. With Ninja. Uh, Ninja as well, and uh, yeah, that, that that was very cool. It was. So, so we were up there. We did a um, uh, we did the the fastest RPG game I've ever done. They only had uh, an hour and a quarter, and you did yeah. it. No, I did it in an hour. So yeah. I but, but was, I've never done an RPG game in that uh, tight space of time, even when I do it for, um, you know, LaveCon. Uh, you know, I give, I give myself at least two hours. So, mm. um, But they were all heroic. They were. They won. Yeah. They were well, heroes. Yeah. I, I was impressed with Dad's massive weapon. Yeah. Yeah, so were we. I mean, it, yeah, I, I was that close enough. It was Yeah, it was impressive. impressive. Yeah, yeah. So, it's so how was David? We didn't see David. Um, but, you know, it was well past bedtime uh, when we got up there. We were there quarter past 11. No, no, before that, we were on at 11. Uh, quarter past 10, I think we yeah. rolled up. And it was the first time in, in a couple of years where it wasn't snowing. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we normally go to Frontier and it's snowed out. So uh, uh, so that was a nice change. Um, yeah. No, but, you know, it's lovely seeing Will again. And meeting uh, Stuart, he's very, he's very Scottish. Keen, isn't he? It's very Scottish. You and Stephen. Yeah, yeah, he was like, um, yeah, yeah, Stephen, 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 Stephen in the tartan trousers. Okay. Yeah, you know, he was yes. brilliant. Uh, yeah, so I can't forget Stephen. Yeah, we can't forget Stephen. I'm sure we've mentioned Stuart on the show before. Actually, you guys might know. Well, might know that was it Amy? I think it was. Was who who? So I know Will and Dav and Stephen. Who was the girl who was on? She's brand new. Um, she worked in uh, VT. Yeah. Um, she, she, no, she's a yeah, video editor. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure. Yeah, I just I didn't know who she was. Um, and she, she might have been. New uh, I'm trying to remember. I'm so awful with names. Um, now, the nice thing is that normally we can go in and we know everyone's names, but yeah, she, uh, we didn't get a chance to talk to everyone because most yeah. of them, you know, on uh, kind of on screen at the time. But yeah, no, but we had a lovely time. Uh, the other big thing for us, we, uh, we're in the middle of a, a Kickstarter, something called the Level Up, which has done really well. So it's it's just made $1 million, which is is really good, um, which we were quite surprised at, actually. Um and uh, the, the level up's basically this. Uh, there's only 44 hours to go. So, um, uh, back it now. Back it now, or, or forever hold your peace, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I'm just wondering. I mean, we'll probably talk about that in, in a bit, but I want to thank you guys so much for finishing it on, a, on the 28th, just after I get paid. <laughs> <laughs> so That's just before I, I get paid. I'm so sad. Oh. Uh, 
Anyone who needs to, you're very welcome. But anyone who wants to, just um, pledge a dollar and then you'll get invited to the um, backer kit where you can then buy everything. Yeah. Got so, a three by three or whatever. Yeah. So if you're really, really sure, especially it's very good. Uh, yeah. Three by three is very good for X Way. Kurgle, what have you been up to this week? And mostly I've been recovering from jet lag because I was out of the country last week and starting my new job. And then this morning I had the joy of, I'll get my PC ready for uh, late radio tonight and then I blew the graphics card up. So that was fun. That's not so good. So has it, it's literally gone boom? Uh, no video is coming out of the other end of the video card. So I've, either I've killed the video card or I've blown the PCIe slots in my PC. I'm not sure which yet. What were you playing earlier? I wasn't playing anything. I had the audacity to turn my PC on, and there was a, uh, a brief flash of light and a small cloud of smoke. Oh, dear. I was trying to work in a parody version of uh, Radio Killed Video Star there, but I've got, <laughs> I've got nothing <laughs> in that like, circumstance. Um, the, it sounded a lot like Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat, didn't it? <laughs> except, except where the Technicolor got, got removed. <laughs> Yeah, Joseph and the all black dream coat. Yes, yeah, yes. pretty much. Um, so yeah, that's been my week, mostly not being able to sleep and then taking my PC apart at the early hours. Mm. So can you say whereabouts in America you were, or are you? I was in San Francisco, and it was awesome. I would love to go to San Francisco sometime, so I can imagine that. I mean, did you get to go out and see the sights and things, or? I had a few days not at work when I arrived, so I walk, I literally walked around San Francisco oh. about 20 kilometres a day oh, over geez. three days. Is it as hilly? Is it yeah, hilly? if you've ever seen like the old Steve McQueen film, like diving off of Ram, it's just the whole city is like that. It's crazy. Okay. I must have done like 100 flights of stairs each day when I was walking around just in like height change difference. Hmm. Yeah, most American cities don't really do a lot for me, but San Francisco, as thoughts, has always sort of looked really nice and interesting place to go. Yeah, it was, it was really awesome. And the food there, they've got a huge Asian community in San mm. Francisco, and it's the best Asian food I've ever eaten. I, are you, you self-isolating? Um, I am. I'm currently in a room on my own, in a house on my own, and I won't be leaving it for days, so you're all safe for now. Has the coronavirus made it over to America yet, or is it still over this end of the pond? It has, yeah. Yeah. Heard you. Uh, Trump, Trump's going to build a wall and keep it out. <laughs> yeah, I've been playing Elite Dangerous, playing Red Dead Redemption. I went to see something in the cinema, it was obviously so memorable, I can't remember what it was. Um, one thing I have been watching, I've been watching Hunters on Amazon, and I've been really enjoying that. And I was very annoyed that I was halfway through an episode of the new Star Trek and then went to the US and my Prime subscription will not let me watch it while I was there. But you can't watch... Oh, that sucks. You haven't got a Because it's some, it's some other channel that broadcasts it in the States, isn't it? So, yeah, wasn't yeah. allowed. And, and then I tried VPNing it and it was, no, you can't watch this over a VPN, mate. Oh, wow, Get that sucks. See, so VPN even got banned. Let's go on to our development news, and there has been some, I remember seeing it. Uh, oh yes, so it was the Game Blast stream, which we've briefly covered about, so 
Does anyone want to immediately stream in and say what their favourite moments were? I'm going to have a general comment on on it, I think, Mm -hmm. because it's very easy to sit there and look at it as a piece of entertainment and try and judge it as a piece of entertainment. And to be honest, I found myself thinking, oh, this isn't as funny as X or whatever. But it's not really about how entertaining it is. It's about the end result and the amount of giving and things like that. So for me, the, the, the number of auctions and, if you like, dares people offered for money was the highlight because every time they say, oh, Stephen's trousers are going to be this much or um, Will's puppet is going to be this much, etc. That, for me, was the highlight because they were, that was all adding to the total rather than just, people gooping around. Did you not feel a bit self-defeating, though, by the time they got round to the cutter? (sighs) Well, I was going to let you talk about the anacondas and the corvettes and 3D printed stuff. I mean, they they did look really nice models in terms of 3D printing. Um, I saw the corvette model and it looked beautiful. The thing is... It was massive as well. (laughs) This is purely my opinion and stuff like that is... Mm. I would have rather have them sold it as un- unsigned because then I could paint it and, and weather it and do it mis- and you know make it look like a proper cutter or a proper Corvette. But I'm sure you could have asked But with it being signed, you can't then repaint it because you, you will spray over mm-hmm. the signatures. The thing that I probably would say I enjoyed, I I thoroughly love the fact that I was able to catch the entirety of the EDRPG part, and that was an absolute hoot, as usual, um, again. Uh, But actually, um, it was an extremely well-together whole of the show, whenever I jumped in and stuff, it was obviously very high uh, quality cameras that they use, and their sound was pretty good as well, and they managed to keep on top of things, so there wasn't any issues with connecting with what they were doing um some fascinating stuff uh some amazing new faces to meet like uh kit and Paige and the dog that farts out poo that was quite funny um <laughs> that was brilliant that was, i loved the dog's life section <clears throat> yeah the only thing that and it, this is nothing at all to do with them because it makes perfect sense for them to join and do one big stream and collect all that money at the one time uh, than to do game blast and then do a christmas stream what i miss about it is the the christmas stream had become one of the most enjoyable parts of my run-up to christmas um it was a day where I would have as you know a lot more time set aside to just sort of sit there for hours with it on and and enjoy it to its fullness. So in that respect, because it was not a working uh, normal day for me, um, it was difficult to sort of watch as much of it as I'd like, and I missed that kind of festive feel that you get. It just it's like a little yeah. extra warmth that you got from it. Obviously, it makes no sense to do two big streams like that at different points of the year. However, the natural effect of that is that they were not getting the exclusive pennies. So all of their prize people that were, you know, their their donators would have been coaxed away by various other streams going on during the Game Blast campaign. And well, everything. I know, for example, Colo, I think, raised £16,000 Plus, by herself, if I remember correctly. That's right, yeah, she did an amazing stream. That's uh, I didn't see any of that at all. But that's what I mean, is people will naturally 
go to their own streamers and support their streams as much as they can, which just means that the money all goes to special effects. Special effects lose nothing, but it just kind of takes the focus away from Frontier as much as it was at their festive time. But that well, really bugbear is... I love the Christmas stuff, that's all. I just love the, the mm. festive feel. Yeah, I mean, uh, and I think that's what I was getting at uh, Cal when I, I was saying it wasn't about the entertainment, it was about the end result. Um, so, as you say, people were tending to go to their own streamers and pledging to them to you know to make their day. So it's easy to look at the total and see, well, it was only twenty six k compared to forty six k compared to fifty three compared to whatever. But that isn't the true picture. You can see oh, it all in one. Is it the true picture though? Because I wonder over the course of twelve months. Would special effects have gotten more money in total if Frontier had done it at Christmas and they'd raised the forty six thousand or forty odd thousand pounds, and then you had Game Blast at the end of February, beginning of March, like normal? But Frontier don't take part in it. I do wonder which would get a special effect more money. Does anyone know if Superman can ride a bike super fast? Yes, he can. Depends on the bike, doesn't it? That's a uh, <laughs> yeah, bicycle repair man. Uh, <laughs> I'm confused. It's the bicycle repairman can ride a bike really fast. Superman, I think. I don't think it's ever been displayed. I think. I think Cal's right. That's an unknown power. I think we can assume he does it just fine, though. Surely he probably no, cheats, right? He's just flying and he's carrying the bike with him. Oh no, that this. Uh, I, I would never think Superman would stoop to being that dishonest. You're right. Yeah. It's like Wayne to Superman. Did anyone see David Braben on the stream? Or when they went to Frontier Towers, because it, I, I, you know, I'm going to be a little bit, a little bit critical here, but, but I, I, am I right in thinking that David is still a director of special effects? I don't know. So if that is the case, I would have expected to have seen him on his yeah, own company stream. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was, it, it was, it, it was notice, it was notable he wasn't there. The same as uh, he didn't appear on the twenty fifth anniversary of his own company i don't know is it, is it like those uh, north korean ex-soviet dictators that would suddenly disappear and you only saw proclamations from on twitter or whatever it is that you know i just don't know i mean it just seems strange to me that he wasn't around and i don't know i hope he's all right becoming noticeable by his absence or something Yes, I, I know people have said, well, yeah, he's the CEO now and maybe he doesn't feel comfortable doing streams and stuff. Yeah. Well, yes, but it's an opportunity to promote his company and it doesn't matter what position you're in in a company. Sometimes you just need to suck it up and do things you don't like for the sake of that company. And I don't know. I, I'm just quite puzzled by it, really. No, I think I'm working on fleet carriers. All right, Sean, give him a. (laughs) David is the only guy who's actually working on 2020. (laughs) That'd be amazing if David were working on 2020, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, And I've actually got an update from Commander Wotherspoon. Apparently, Cola raised eighteen thousand pounds exactly, two thousand pounds more than what I thought. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I know. I'm sure I remember him on the 2018 Christmas stream where he showed up at the end and said, you know, congratulations and thank you very much, everybody. Blah, 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 didn't he? Yeah. Hopefully he's okay. 
Should we move on from this, or is there, um, or does anyone else have any favourite bits they want to cover? I don't know. I think I think um, if if Frontier wanted to, uh, they they they've got the setup there for a pretty damn impressive regular streaming platform. Uh, rather than just a sort of standard game backs, they could be interviewing their own devs and such, and uh, and and that format really works. Um, I love the couch feel and the camera feeds and stuff. Yeah. It really is a lovely uh, way to do their own interviews. And, and in fact, um, yeah, if they, if they if they are listening, if you guys are listening, you should totally do more like that when you're doing your live streams because it is just brilliant fun. Mm-hmm. No scary questions either. Okay, so sadly, unfortunately, Frontier well. Page and Will were recovering, and Stephen, I guess, were recovering. Paige is now Commander Artemis, I think she is, isn't she? Or just uh, Artemis now on Twitch, and she'll be doing her first stream tomorrow night, if I remember correctly. Um, um, we put the, her Twitch handle in the show notes. Uh, I found Paige on that stream to be absolutely hysterical, a real standout oh, star. Oh, brilliant. Uh, and I can only wish her all the very best on her streaming, and uh, we will definitely be tuning in to give some support. Yeah, definitely. I found a lot of them quite, were quite amusing and entertaining. I mean, Stephen, I think, was very funny and very amusing. He, he's, a good, he's a good foil for Will's straight man act, <laughs> I think. XPNX is raising an interesting point, saying... That they had to sell half the set, it seemed, and he thinks that the the total money raised by Frontier reflects the drop in interest that, well, I guess I'm going to say all Frontier games, though I think he only means Elite Dangerous, has had over the past year. So, I don't know the truth by that. I, I, I don't agree with that. No, no, I think, I think Cal's comment earlier that like it got split between a bunch of different streams mm-hmm. is probably like... Oh, I definitely think it's right. It's one of those things where the game's um, been, you know, the game has always felt that, you know, that you're, but the player base hasn't dropped to the a sort of significant level. Otherwise, you might find that uh, Frontier were a little bit more bothered by it uh, than they are. But you have to understand that there's also a new set of audience with Planet Zoo. So even if you do stick with this argument that you've lost some interest in a game or another. Frontier are now releasing new titles, and those new yes, titles are at the top of Steam. And because they're always going to the top of Steam, that means there are fans out there who won't know anything about fleet carriers or not, uh, nor, nor in the nicest possible way care. So actually, I suspect that there's probably just as many, if not more, watching the live streams, but they are coming with their own fans. So yeah, I think I agree with what Cal said. It's about splitting you know, it's all, it's, it was all for the same good cause. It was just the fact that some people went to some streams and not others. Do you think, as a, a, a general question, that the games Frontier have produced don't really lend themselves to that entertaining, messing about style of streaming? Because I'm looking at uh, Planet Coaster, and I've watched Planet Coaster streams, and they're quite interesting from a, a building point of view, but they don't have that same kind of level of craziness and lunacy as, say, Grand Theft Auto would have. Yeah, but they do have um, an ability to stream for several hours and captivate an audience, whereas quite a lot of the other, as you say, entertaining stuff, 10 minutes max. So it's a different different audience and a, and a different bit of content 
being shown. One of the weaknesses, I think, of Planet Zoo to stream, certainly from my point of view, is you can't easily mess around with it. It's too, it's very tame. It's not like Jurassic World where you can herd all the guests into a bunker, build a, uh, a fence around it, and then put raptors in the thing and then let them well, out again. Do you see that? You, have, you you know, s- have you not seen the uh, guy that deliberately created the most inhospitable... Oh, brilliant. Um, uh, and that's I the kind of messing brilliant. around that is brilliant for streaming, as you were saying, isn't it? Yeah, but that stream would probably take several hours to build for uh, a five-minute entertaining video. But that could be, I mean, it could be, that would be a good stream with him cackling away at the, while he goes off and builds it. And he's obviously a very talented builder as well, the guy who does that. But this is to, this is to suggest that anybody actually goes to watch Twitch streams for entertainment. Clearly, it's the equivalent of stabbing yourself in the face and pouring vinegar into your eyes, Twitch streaming, is it not? I mean, the majority By the of way, people... we love every all forty-six listeners and viewers on our Twitch stream. The majority, stream. Of... your guys are awesome. <laughs> the... Wait till I finish. <laughs> it's never going to offend all streamers because apparently, in order to be a streamer, you must have pretty serious mental health issues, uh, and if you don't, you will have because you are putting yourselves in one of the hardest bloody jobs out there. If you think you know it's going to be a nice, easy street, then you might want to take up I don't know sword juggling or something along those lines. You might get a bit more joy from it. But the majority of streams... um, Okay, this might be more of a self-revelation than anything else. (laughs) But, you know, I I like the streams... Please remember, everybody, Grant is coming from a very depressed point of view. No, no, not at all. I mean, I'm not saying that it's, you know, one step away from suicide or anything like that. I'm not saying that at all. But I like the streams that are quite chill. So you watch somebody playing the likes of, uh, not maybe Planet Coaster or Planet Zoo, but the likes of the SimCity games where they build that up slowly Mm. and it's a sort of two to three hour game and a two to three hour stream. There's something quite nice and cathartic about that, as, as apart from tuning in to watch some guy go hell for leather in Grand Theft Auto, which, um, you know, the the whole um, Fortnite and games like that really don't do much for me. It's all too much flash. Mm-hmm. I like that kind of slower-paced strategy game. So I, I imagine that, you know, there are there's a big enough market and maybe us oldies don't tend to watch the twitchy stuff too much. Just something to do with you right, in the care home. <laughs> right and yeah thank you very much Commander Wotherspoon for giving us Paige's new Twitch channel which is indeed twitch.tv slash Arthurbus uh, I keep wanting to call it Arthribus from uh, Ready Player One but I know she's not or oh, Artie so the forums are also starting already you know after Will went off and said or Stephen went off and said we will be talking about the fleet carriers after the 24 hour stream on the Monday, what did we see in the forums? We saw people saying, tell us about the fleet carriers now. What a surprise. Does anyone else have anything to say about that? Or should we just like say, yeah, what a surprise and move on? Oh, come on. What are we, what were we like, right? Then when the, the first lot of alpha builds and stuff, and they would say the next build's going to be released at dinner time. What did we all do? Chipped money in a pot and bought them dinner at two o'clock oh, in the God. afternoon. <laughs> This is nothing oh, new. Those were the days. Uh, just that we had a slightly classier way of showing our our desperation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so should we, should we move on to in-game events and 
So AXI, this is all, this is all more Colin stuff, really. Uh, and unfortunately, Colin's been attacked by Xenobody. But AXI, all the Thargoid incursions have been cleared up, and Eagle Eye Network is still broken. And Operation Ida, the repair target this week is Watanabe Station Number Two in HP ten four uh, ten four ninety two, uh, and they require tantalum, lith- yeah, tantalum, lithium, and water purifiers to complete Watanabe Station in HP ten four ninety two. So, should we talk about the newsletter and then go into adverts, Grant? Sure. Does that sound like a good good idea? Okay. Right, so in that case, then, the newsletter was basically giving us an image of a Federation gunship getting a ship kit. And, yay, if you if you like your federal, federal gunships, I do want a ship kit for it. It's there. There's also paint jobs and things like that. For the bargain st- price of how many are? I have no idea, because I still don't get the bloody newsletter, despite checking every other week to make sure I'm signed up to it. <laughs> they still don't send me the damn thing. I always like the idea of the... Federal gunship. It's a nice idea that it's just like this heavily armoured brick um, mm-hmm. that doesn't manoeuvre very well. But in practice, I've always really struggled. I, I think it, it's it, it's very difficult, given its its price range is similar. You know, from memory, it's kind of similar to sort of Python the crate. And you know, why why I would not get a, a Python over it? It's always struggled because you know Python's just sort of you know kick ass. The, the Python is great. Yeah. It, it's a preference thing because some people prefer to fly a hull tank than the shield tank. So it just gives the people an option. If you do a lot of silent running, a hull tank, such as the, the Federal ships, are a better bet than having a Python, which is a comparatively weak hull, but stronger shields. So that's why ACS, it's a, it's a style thing. Oh, okay. No, no, fair enough. I'd probably just sort of play the game too generically. I, I always, I, I don't think I ever sort of used um, uh, kind of stealth in a combat situation because I just couldn't bring myself to voluntarily lose my shields in a battle and then, you know, trust that I was a good enough pilot to do without them uh, and kind of sneak up on people. I just thought, no, the, the NPCs are going to know where I am no matter what I do. And so, yeah, no, I'm going to keep my shields up, but maybe I should just be braver and uh, I give it a try. But it just never occurs to me to play that way. I think I, you know, uh, I instinctively get ships, which I kind of understand. And I think I understand the Cobra-like multi-roll uh, ships, you know, which, uh, yeah, you know, you, you, you get your shields, you get as much power as you can, you balance it up with weapons and then you go. Um, but then again, I was superbly shocked when someone told me that they were using gorse rifles to snipe people's components. And I thought, how on earth can you do that? And they've got like a charge time to fire. And there are some very good pilots out there. But uh, mm-hmm. they, maybe they benefit more from the Federal Gunship than I would. But, uh, but anyway, no, it's just my <laughs> random thought on the Federal Gunship. Random thought thinking about what you've been randomly thinking about. Could I, in EDRPG, could I mimic a... A sniping, hull-tanking gunship. Sort of like you're going in, no shields, very low temperature, super sneaky, and almost like one-shot, one-kill kind of idea. Uh, to a certain extent. I mean, you can you can certainly overbuff um, a ship's hull to ludicrous levels in mm. uh, the RPG. Um, 
In terms of the, uh, the the stealth mechanics, you're completely at the GM's mercy. Um, if your GM liked the idea of you being able to sneak up on the ships and one-shot them, then he'll allow it. Um, and uh, if they play by very strict interpretation of the rules, uh, then you might uh, slightly struggle. But you can certainly do... I mean, technically, if you didn't um, spend power on shields, which are quite a big power drain, yeah. the RPG, you could just completely overstack on guns and have a very hard-hitting first strike. Um, so you can sort of imitate that. And if that's the kind of game you want to play, then, uh, then yeah, uh, you, you can sort of run it that way. Um, but it's, yeah, uh, EDRPG captures a fair amount of the Elite Dangerous spaceship combat, but some of the subtleties, it kind of misses. It kind of brushes over just so that the game isn't bogged down in too much detail. Uh, mm-hmm. A really good example of of where that comes in is how, um, when I originally, uh, I mean, John was part of this test. Uh, it was It was quite torturous. When I originally... Uh, did the ship combat? What I was going to do was have larger ships have a, have damage resistance in the game, uh, which is what happens in the RPG. So, uh, if you're a big ship, uh, you need big weapons to do full damage uh, to do the ships. And I was going to imitate that. And it was only when I did my stress test, where I had lots of different size ships firing different size weapons at everyone, that I realised it was a complete pain in the ass to actually judge because there's so many different hard points and so many different weapons and every ship having sort of different levels of uh, kind of hull absorption. Computers can do that really easily, uh, but in an RPG, it gets a bit of a pain. So um, so instead, I just uh, pumped up the hull values instead because it was a bit easier. So you can do many things in EDRP, uh, on EDRPG, but some of the more outside uh, strategies don't get fully reflected. But I think that's just... That's the limitation, I think, of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Grant, so shall we use that as a teaser taster and go into an advert break, if that's possible? Eddie Lee Wise here. Our family-run business looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit, Millsburn Ken can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg, and my wife Barb's is a whiz with a sewing machine. Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons, plus me daughters, at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. <coughs> Hi, I'm Trent Stephen Findlist Jr., and I'm here to tell all you pilots about a great new service. Take a listen to my friend, Pete. My name's Pete, and I'm a long-distance haulier. I drive a Puma shipping farm machinery from Leasty to Sawayo. I love my family, and I don't mind being a hard-working blue-collar dad, but I'm tired of seeing my family grow old in front of my eyes. Every time I make the run there and back, I lose 15 days in hyperspace. My family is starting to notice that they're getting older, and I'm not. My wife had a baby last week, did a week of shifts, and now my kids got teeth. I wish there was some way my family could get old at the same speed as me. There is, Pete. How? By buying into my new service, Findlist Cryogenics. We aim to put the freeze on the premature ageing of your family. The process is simple. Our unique family centres allow you to drop off your loved ones on the way to work. Simply hire the number of cryogenic pods you need 
and keep your family asleep while you fly among the stars. We ensure synchronicity with your flight patterns so they spend the same time awake that you spend in the cockpit. And when you get home, bingo! Your family is the same age as you. Never lose family time in hyperspace again. We guarantee that you'll never miss another birthday, anniversary or funeral. Wow, Trent, that sounds great. Where do I sign? Simply put your credit card details into our special webpage under the hashtag WeFreezeYourLove. We'll take care of the amounts, no need to worry about that. It's so simple. I can't wait to keep my family in a secure block of ice. It's a weight off my mind. Findalist Cryogenics, now at your local spaceport. Findalist Cryogenics, because the family that grows old together goes cold together. Just listen to that. I mean, obviously it's all about Frontier, but put yourself into a Frontier pilot's real-life scenario and their family, if they have a family, would you prefer for your wife and kids to still be alive when you get back like 100 years later after you've gone off on your trip from Sol to Lave? Ask Grant. Or would you prefer- no. Oh. But I would probably come back and think, well, I've been working for a week. You know, Maybe just keep them in an extra week. <laughs> give me a week off. Yeah, yeah. give it a, yeah. a wee break. That would be nice. The thing is, by the time you get back, um, you know, the, the bathroom is done. You know, which is... It's, <laughs> that's always a benefit. Uh, yeah, the bathroom's uh, done and the new tenants have moved in. Isn't science fiction wonderful? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, just, you know, it just got me thinking, because, yeah, okay, fine, you might be... Your wife and kids might be there, but then because of your job choice, your career choice, they're not getting to see their friends and things like that. You wake up one day and you're like your your friend who was five is now fifty. Uh, clearly, if you're um, yeah, if you're going to be uh, in a situation where whenever you hop somewhere, years pass elsewhere, then your 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 private life will reflect that. Either you won't have a wife and children, or you bring your wife and children with you. In which case, it's similar to military families. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see each other all the time. That's the sacrifice you make. For your career, you know that that would just be a you know just be a private decision to be made. I don't think it's hugely reasonable to expect them to enter a cryogenic free, you know freezer and you know be frozen just because you know you're not around. Their lives have to stop. Might be a bit much. It's just yeah. more evidence that we're all heads in jars flying our ships with telepresence. I reckon. I think that would work as a piece of law for me personally. Royal Doug is suggesting we just freeze the whole planet whenever anyone goes into hyperspace, which could be a bit awkward. Because, but you know, maybe it's maybe it's a practical solution. I'm not sure. Well, that is the question, isn't it? Does Earth still exist if no one jumped into it to see you do it? Yes. Well, the whole point we're actually here tonight, and the whole point joined John and Oliver are here tonight, is because they've gone off and raised a crazy, stupid amount of money, and they're begging for more money. Because, you know, you guys don't need even more work to go off and do. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this is completely a begging ball thing. No, it just happened to fall <laughs> on the thing. I mean, um, we, we, if we were sensible, we would have asked like a week ago when there was time for people to pack. But, it, uh, but no, honestly, if, if um, any of you guys are um, uh, RPG or board players, do have a quick... Are you running out of time, Backers? No! <laughs> yeah. Give them more money. They need it. There's been a really great campaign. We've been blown away by a bit, actually. I mean, we didn't 
We didn't really expect it to do quite this well. It's something like raised 9,000% of its funding target, which is, is great, really. It's all right. Yeah. So, so we should be able to make that. I, I mean, it's a game-changing amount for the company. So that's really cool. I mean, I, I, you guys know we've been hanging around in the background for ages and ages. So, uh, so I mean, we're, we're enormously grateful. And if anyone in the Lave radio community, the, the Elite Dangerous community, has, has backed us, thanks so much. It's been amazing. It's been amazing to see, actually, from looking from the outside, because of all the, yeah, because of all the fuss and bother you've had over the other games. To see you knock this one out of the park and in such a big way it has just been really gratifying. And you know, we just hats off to you guys for, for doing it. So yeah, we, I'm delighted for you. I mean, I, I expect the question that people were asking is presumably you had a plan B for when you exceeded the Kickstarter amount and it's just a matter of ramping up production and turning on the taps, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, we we um, set such a small and low amount because we had, for the first time ever, engaged professionals to do our PR for us. And so we ran a, it was a nearly three-month pre-Kickstarter Facebook ad campaign sending this video out to various different categories of people on Facebook. People who loved board games but might play a particular named game or might be into particular types of game. Um, And the feedback we were getting from all of those ads was so high that we decided in the end to just allow it to be funded no matter what because we'd got enough people subscribing to the um, sort of the 50% discount that we knew that we were going to pretty much be funded straight away. So let's not set it at a, at a, an unrealistic amount and put anybody off. Um, and, but, but I don't think we had in our mind that we were going to raise a million dollars. I think we kind of thought, thought maybe, um, you know, a few hundred thousand, but, and, and that was on a really good day. So absolutely blown away by just how successful it's been. I don't think we described what it is you've actually put on Kickstarter, the level up. Uh, and the people who are, who are listening um, are wondering if it means anything to you. It is uh, the first world's first anti-pillbox spilling his pint all over <laughs> your board game um, device. Um, Do you have a certain clip? From Hudson Orbital that you can play. Oh, we do. We do our own clips. It's, it's a table for a table. Okay. <laughs> it's a brilliant. I love that. It's a, it's perfect. It's exactly what it is. Okay. All right. Okay. I just happen to know that a certain Norman has given me the file and it is sitting there ready to be played. I'll not be having prude. But Oliver's uh, not heard this before, by the way. Oh, all right. Well. I'm not sure if it's a treat or not, but this is uh, how the <laughs> Hutton Orbital Truckers on their radio show describe this device. Uh, oh, it's got a logo and everything. Sorry, I should have listened to it first. <laughs> Spider-Mind Systems, the premier head of light entertainment for the galaxy, have turned the tables on the trolls quite literally this week. Still reeling from the positively punitive and patently prohibitive punishment they took at the hands of a suspected troll related to the wholly legitimate publishing of Battles Without Lasers, later renamed to Battle Cards, they stepped into their latest venture by inventing something no one had ever thought of before. 
a table. Not just any table, but a table for your table. Tabletop gaming will never be the same again as your tabletop tabletops your standard tabletop and stops your standard tabletop game from being ruined by topple tipple washing over your top. Standing on cute little legs, the level up lifts the level up a little so you can place your board on board and keep the tabletop that's under for things you don't want on the top. Sales of this mind-bendingly great product have gone through the roof, and not just because people have been stacking them. On target to raise the game of anyone investing by at least a few inches. There are rumors that due to the success, they're investing in a new distribution megaship and staff with particularly slobbery tongues to lick all the stamps. Well done, Spider-Mind. We can't wait to see your next cunning invention and bets have been placed on whether it's under underpants or over overcoats. It certainly sits nicely alongside the 21st century upgrade of going out to going out out. Fantastic. <laughs> Didn't she do a brilliant job reading that? <laughs> That was, yeah, brilliant. And that's what it is. It is essentially a series of tiles that lock together to create a flat surface that then have legs that you screw into the bottom to lift that flat surface above the level of glasses and stuff, which then creates that wonderful space that you might not have on your table for the character tokens for if you play Zombicide, for all those plastic zombies that you got to keep nearby and normally you just sit them on the floor. Well, now you can have them under your map or under the map game map that you're playing with and an easy reach or you could put your player cards under there uh, if you're a huge monopoly fan then it could be your banking money goes under there whatever it is it just keeps that tabletop a bit tidier for the game that you're playing and it works and it's a genius like, idea yeah and as i said like with all genius ideas you look at anything how did anyone not do this before because it's such a brilliantly simple idea but a great one to put it out there, this, this idea is, is John's. We play Dungeons and Dragons uh, every week. He joined our, our D&D team about 400 million years ago. But it, it, it went on for ages. And one of the main grumbles that I had is that, you know, as soon as a battle started, I'd say, right, clear the table. And everyone would have to clear the table. It would take about 10 hours because <laughs> there were tweets everywhere, Sir. pizza, uh, plates, glasses, bowls. And then when you put the battle map down, all your character sheets go over the top. So half the battle map is covered anyway. And um, he just one day um, invented the level up, basically, and said, right, we'll, we'll use this from now on. And I think we played on it for two or three months without actually thinking, you know, we could sell this. You know, why don't we, why don't we sell it? It seemed like, you know, something so obscure that only weird ever wanted and then when we tested it it turned out Quite that the other people wanted it as well yeah absolutely so it's, it's been amazing and yeah crazy crazy really yeah. i mean i know, you know no one else in my family plays role-playing games and things like that but i've got it because you know, most sundays we'll play some kind of board game and we've always we've always the table it's just even as grant said even just playing monopoly there's no bloody room for anything yeah yeah so you know, just playing normal board games with your family, it's perfect for that as well. You don't have to be an uber geek to want it. No, absolutely. I mean, there have been people who've bought it because they want an extra level for their dinner parties. I mean, it's it's got, yeah. you know, quite a few utilities. And um, 
And yeah, it, the, the nice thing about it is that it it, um, it disconnects and it shrinks to the size of a board game. So you can just put it up with the rest of your board games, and, you know, take it down again. It doesn't take up any more room. So, and this has been one of the things with people have kind of done similar things before, but they've always been massive, great big wooden planks, which if you want to take with you anywhere, you know, it's like, you know, you're, you're heaving this huge slab of wood. And so yeah, the level ups... The clever thing about the level is it clips together and it's quite satisfying. It clips together a nice, satisfying, which is great. And we're very pleased. So, when are we going to see you on Dragon's Den then? <laughs> we don't need to go on Dragon's Den. To, you a million pounds. That's so great. And we don't have to give a single share away of our company. So, it's all ours. There's <laughs> 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 something that's maybe. Um, I, I was still on push to talk. <laughs> you, no, no, he's here. Uh, if that went broadcast, damn it. Um, I was live, yes. The question um, I thought was maybe pertinent to people that are tuning in as well is because obviously it's going to be a very successful campaign. Uh, and I know that you, you'd extended the number of uh, the 40% board. And I also know that uh, from the stretch goals and the rewards, that all the various components, like you can get extra legs, you can pick your tile setup, all these things are going to become a little bit cheaper than if you wait until this product comes out live. So, uh, as John was alluding to earlier on, stick a, a pound or a dollar into the Kickstarter campaign to reserve your place to get access to that kind of cheaper um, options at this point. Um, because I don't think you're going to get as good a deal on this in six months when it suddenly hits the shelves and, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. the likes of Game or uh, Games Workshop stick another 50% on top of the price. Pop a coin to your Kickstarter. That's it, yeah. Uh, And, and again, you'll also then get to see that you, you guys had a very strong interaction with the community and... One of those ones that was kind of 50-50, you've got all the people that are really complimentary and wonderful, and the ideas of things that they wanted from you um, for stretch goals and things, it was quite nice to see you guys come back with them, um, go for it once, and then go, whoop, nope, that's not going to work, and then go back, do your sums, come back with a really nice option, which was, of course, that centre tile that I was desperate for for my Zombicide. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. No, cool. I mean, we were trying to be very disciplined with it. The centre tile, honestly, took us by surprise. We did discuss it before we launched um, the Kickstarter. The idea behind the centre tile, for anyone who um, isn't aware, the, the level up is is a rectangle, um, and it's designed to fit almost everyone's table. So whether you've got a big table or a small table, it'll go on there and it gives you all that extra space. And it's about, it's about A1, so we thought yeah. it's going to fit pretty much most board standard boards from most standard board games yeah so we thought that's great and the nice thing is that every part of the level up is accessible so underneath the the underneath and so it was all tested the height was perfectly tested all that kind of stuff and we briefly talked about well should we give have a middle tile you know a center tile so people can make it bigger and and we thought in our naivety well no no we won't do that because then what you're doing is that you're blocking off table space so you know that's then, yeah. then it is be, then it does become a table for your table. Yeah, and, absolutely. And why would anybody want one of those? Yeah. Well, uh, of course. Quite a few people yeah. wanted one of those. <laughs> and uh it turned out that you know games like X Wing were quite popular and uh Warhammer, Warhammer and uh Star Wars Legions. Yeah, all that Star kind Wars. of stuff. So it was um and they all wanted a piece of it. 
basically. And there was a, it was a, a big discussion because we weren't sure whether we should do it or not. Because whenever you're doing a Kickstarter, you try to be quite focused. Um, but uh, yeah, in the end, we, we, we decided we would we would do that. We sent out surveys, and about eighty percent of people said they wanted a bigger kickstart, uh, bigger um, level up. So, so we did it. But most of the rest of the time, we tried to uh, contain people's expectations uh, so that we wouldn't end up producing loads and loads of crap. Basically, that would extend the production time very, very, uh, in a very, very long way. So yeah, yeah, that was that was our, our take on the whole Kickstarter. So. Commander Nopilius is asking, would it be possible to have to, to have a table on a table on a table so you could go off and do 3D chess rounds Star Trek? Yes. Yeah, that, that's, that's technically possible. However... Um, also, you can do multi-layered dungeon crawls if you want to. <laughs> I mean, you can. There is a physical restriction. Obviously, you have to come up with a reason why there's these sort of metal legs... Uh, sort of leaning on the lower level, I suggest turning them into pillars. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, work, but it's uh, yeah. People, have, uh, one person has had this brilliant idea where he was going to have um, a ship, you know, uh, you know, on, on the top level up, and the lower level up was going to be um, the seabed. So, uh, and he was going to decorate like the legs with like pillars of coral, so that when there was like the ship battle, you know, you could both fight underwater and on top of the ship, which I thought was is amazing. It's a lovely idea, uh, and again, not at all what we planned, and not the point of the level up at all. But I think it's great, and you know, now people can have that if that's what they want. They can have whatever size they like. But yes, as as John and, and Cal have been saying, yeah, it's not going to be this cheap for very long because we have to go on like full production. The Kickstarter is really just about us getting lots of stock, um, and then obviously we're going to have to sell it actually at prices that we can live with. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, if you want to be really cheeky, uh, yeah, you, you you can bid a pound now. But you know, if you can afford it, just you know, just bid the whole thing. We like it. Go higher, please, and that'd be really. really great. I'm assuming you'll have prototypes, examples available at LaveCon for people to inspect. Is that the plan? Yeah, we'll certainly have at the very... Yeah, we should have two prototypes by that point. We've got our main prototype already, but that one uh, we won't use for very much longer because we've played it to death, basically. And so uh, now it's covered in pizza stains. Uh, We were desperately scrubbing it before we appeared on... um, (laughs) Uh, the live stream. Um, yeah. Because I mean, yeah, we, we, we've been a bit like last year. You've been using it. That's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah. It is good. Yeah. It is also, good. Yeah. And also, in its defence, we actually, uh, without, and please fall asleep whenever you feel like it, there were there were questions, engineering questions, when we were first sent the prototype of whether we wanted the um, tiles to be able to slip together with a small amount of resistance holding them together, but that they didn't clip into place. Or did we want an actual clip clunk and click type thing which would then mean that we would need to lift up a part of a tile to unlatch it from its sister tile next door yeah one that we were sent allowed us to do both which means some some clever people have said when we've used it and then put it together and turned it over or we sat it on the tables some people are like oh it looks a bit bendy and that's because it specifically has been engineered to be bendy to show us what a looser connected set of tiles will look like. 
So we've then decided, no, we're going to have them clip together. We're going to have them firmer and we'd much rather go for the clunk and click thing than we would have it a bit looser because it just looks a little bit less stable. It's not, but it looks like it. And obviously, most of the time when you're selling something using just visuals, it's often the impression. So it, it is as a prototype, not something people can properly have a look at and think that is what I'm going to be getting because it isn't. But we are getting... A proper, a proper, proper snap together one. Which a four can, by eight. So this yeah. is like about the same size as the games room at Lavecon. But that will be uh, available. Colin wanted a bit of it to put X Wing on, so we'll give him that, and we'll have a couple for EDRPG. So yeah, people will be come along and poke it, have a look at it, and see what it's all about. Yeah. Paul Archer likes the fact that it's it's cat approved. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know our cats love it. Uh, but the nice thing is, is that now when they leap on the level up, unlike the first level up that we just, you know, um, made out of wood. we made out wood, yeah. um, it kind of tips over. Yeah. Um, so the, the current level up is stable. So they jump on it and it doesn't, you know, like, you know, everything doesn't fall off. So it is now fully cat proved and cat tested, um, which is uh, good because our cats are absolutely enormous. Grumpy. Grant was mentioning about it being, um, oh, who, who was it? No, um, who was it who spilt his drink on all over Fletcher's stuff again? Anyway, beer, beer proof, kind of. Is it, yeah, pillbox proof. How feasible would, or even how possible would it be for beer holders for your level up? <laughs> okay, we've got, we've actually got a, a chap that we're talking to at the moment uh, from a company called Gamer Trays. We were because we first started thinking, what if what if we hung off the side, card slots, um, yeah, control, that kind of stuff. The problem is part of the design of the level up. Um, that I was going to say the genius of the level up, but because I designed it, I'm not going to. <laughs> One of the purposes of the level up is to allow the space underneath, as Grant was explaining to be accessible, completely accessible, so that you gain real estate, your your table gets bigger. Um, yeah. If you have things hanging down the side, you lose that space. Mm -hmm. So if you then reach out to get something, if extra bits are attached to it, it makes it easier to knock and then knock it. Yeah. So what we've decided to do is we're looking at a solution where there's this, this, this company called Game Trays, where they will... Is that Game T-R-A-Y-Z? That's it, yeah. Right, yeah. They do beer can and beer bottle holders that um, allow all the condensation to be drawn away from the mat. So when you pick it up, it's not a soaking wet, you don't have a soaking wet bottom. Which oh, that's clever. It's really clever. Um, and the trays, the, the sorting trays, we can brand some of those and put together some packs which we're going to sell on our website. So the plan is not to have stuff attached to it, but to have stuff that you can then arrange your bits in that can then slide underneath the level up and mean that when you're looking to gain access, you can do so simpler and better and more easy. Yeah. Is that a grammar? Is that a grammar? No, it's easily, but that's Whatever. fine. What, yeah, hey, listen, I don't do the word stuff. You know. No. Yeah, um, yeah that's that. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, because I, I know you, you got a cold can of, or a cold bottle or something, and it always leaves condensation on the thing and that sucks and this guy has designed all of this before so what is the point of us going back and trying to redesign something that's genius so we might as well uh, use you know use just his genius yeah that is an awesome idea 
Does anyone else have any questions about Level Up? Yeah, I was going to ask, from the item I saw on the live stream, it seems the top is, is it's just like a plain pattern. There's no writing on it or any logos or anything like that. So are you thinking of approaching board game manufacturers and say, have you thought about having your logo or whatever on well, the top? Your adverts here. Yeah. Well, not necessarily an advert, your brand. So for people who sell lots of board games, actually have the brand except okay. on, on the, on the, uh, on the yeah. top. Yeah. I mean, um, in, in a way, the whole point of the level up in a strange way, I mean, you saw it, you know, it, with its grid and, and so forth. It's, it's, it's got a one inch grid on the top. If, if, if you, and it's there, that's there for the convenience of miniature gamers. If they don't have like a, a battle mat near, but our vision is that things are going to be on top of the level up most of the time. So most of the time, the level up is going to be covered either with, you know, your terrain or a battle map, your various scribblings. If you, if you forgot your battle mat, um, which, you know, happens, can happen to anyone. Yeah, you can use the the level ups kind of like grid, you know, if if you want to. But uh, really, the whole point of it is that it is unobtrusive; that it it just kind of floats what you own, sort of above the table. It's it's as, it's it's you know, kind of uh, it's strong, but it's as, as kind of unassuming as possible. It's what you put on top of the level up that is displayed prominently. Uh, the 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 black surface itself um, really. Uh, we, 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 I mean, it might be a brilliant idea, uh, Shan, and we just, you know, we're just, you know. And if someone wants idiots, to pay, you know, a fortune to put their name on there, um, and they, <laughs> I, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we would. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking licensing, you see. Yeah, but I mean, I think, because the level up will be covered most of the time. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know, I mean, I, I could see walking into Games Workshop, say, and seeing a level up with a bazillion GWs all over it, or something like that. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Wargaming is definitely something that we're going to be looking at because obviously that's a different thing. Wargaming is and, and the level up. It doesn't just raise a board above a table to allow everybody to be sat at the table, um, sitting eating their pizzas with their character sheets and everything, and then just raising the map. What? the wargamers are looking for is something that increases the height of a table so that they can stand and play their war games, which yeah. most wargamers do, um, with the table at the right height. And and the space underneath is used for putting your stats, your, your stats and, and any, any um, armies that you're not using at the time. That's a completely different way of using it. But if that was something that a company wanted to do an affiliation with, then we would always be happy to hear what they had to say, see what they wanted to do, maybe produce a particular cover that goes over a particular size board or whatever, I mean, whatever. I mean, as I say, with game trays, we're doing a, we're looking at doing an affiliation with, with trays because they, as I said, why, why try and reinvent something that's already been invented. And if there's other options and other people come up with ideas that work where it complements another another product then sure i mean absolutely why not it everything has to be aimed towards making the gamers experience better mm -hmm. can you give us any updates about battle cards yeah absolutely um people will be wanting to know what's taken so long a very very short um explanation to that is black is 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 black when it's printed um <laughs> anybody 
It is. Um, anybody who's played Elite Dangerous knows that when you're out there in the black, it's it's anything but black. Mm-hmm. Some of the visuals that are produced in the game with the light coming from behind your screen are phenomenal. The print capabilities of the printing machines that we're currently using uh, need uh, the a lot of needed a lot of the cards to be not just tweaked but pretty much redesigned. Something. Oh. Caught us uh, unawares, but the company that we're using have been brilliant. Our designer, who's been working with them, has been phenomenal because he's basically they've they've redesigned all the cards that just didn't work, and they printed they printed a complete set out, sent them to us, and basically said, "Guys, we can print if you want, but some of these cards we think will suck a bit," and and they absolutely did. Um, so unfortunately, That's good that they came up to you and said, "You know, we think they suck." Sorry. It is. It is perfect. And and, and that company, uh, you know, it, it makes you feel because they could have just gone, you, you know, you, you, you've paid the money. Um, yeah. Bosh, here you go. Like it or, or lump it. Um, and they realized that w- we really did need the card to look good. And they got yeah. that. And so unfortunately, it is just a matter of all the all the images have now been redone, re- re-rendered. And we're now having the second print run done now. So once we get our hands on those physical cards and we actually just shove them under a light or stand outside with them or whatever we're doing. Yeah, if you've got black detail and then you've got dark colours and then you've got black detail in those dark colours, uh, it ends up just looking like you've got a black card. It does. And, and so the anaconda didn't look like an anaconda, so you couldn't tell what it was. Now, OK, you can read the words, but it just wasn't good enough. And, and because we have tortured ourselves over the game now, <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it was kind of like, could you imagine if we'd released it and everyone would be like, really? Yeah. You spent this much time producing this, and I just didn't think Frontier would be happy with it, and neither would our amazing backers. So that's, that's, that's our apology for the fact. But we kind of have chosen a path that is, we think, the best serving overall. Right. Any updates or anything exciting you can tell us about EDRPG? Um, uh, yes, there is some exciting things <laughs> happening with EDRPG. Watch this. Should, should we come back to you maybe in January or something like that? Um, if, if you came back at the end of quarter two, whenever that happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a there's a computer game called Elite Dangerous, and the people who make it are going to be releasing some stuff. Yeah. So then, then, yeah, that makes that makes sense. But I'm I well, I'm delighted to know that it will be maintaining parity with the game. Yeah, I mean the computer game. Who who cares? Who cares? Uh, yeah, but but yeah, but but the the, the you guys you have know, already got elite feet. Exactly, the game is there to the 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 computer game and the six hundred people working at Frontier Developments are pure <laughs> the RPG and Spider-Man games and everything we do. Yeah. Something a wee bit close to my heart, and you know, little precious snowflakes. Oh, snowflake <laughs> didn't get funded. No, We're not sure. We're not sure. I think actually, partly. Um, oh, we'd have to rebrand it. By the yeah. way, it couldn't be snowflakes anymore because that in America means something completely different. So it oh. has to be. <laughs> Do tell. Like troll <laughs> or something. Oh, no, no, it's a, it's a political statement. Um, if All right. Elected, okay. If you're on the left, you're a snowflake, and if you're on the right, you're something else. I can't remember what they're. they're, they're oh. Anyway, no, it's, it means basically uh, left leaning. 
So it's okay, a- I was assuming it was like something related to something dubious, but that's a lot. I guess if you wait and see if Bernie Sanders gets him as president, he might still already use it with some commercial success. Yeah, we might. We might. <laughs> Maybe, but, uh, I mean, uh, if, if we, to be honest, if we, we did it again, and because it didn't do very well, it's yeah, not but, very nobody, but if we did it again, we'd do it slightly differently. And, and nobody yeah. knew about it. We didn't spend any money on advertising because yeah. we didn't tell anyone about it because we didn't have any money. So it, never say never, but there are so many other projects we're working on at the moment that we think are streets ahead. Which leads us into any other news. Yeah, well, exactly. There's there's plenty of stuff coming. Um, nothing, nothing really to announce. Yeah. <laughs> We, we sound like Frontier. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> we have become them. That's it. No, when art imitates life. I know. For, for those, I mean, for the for the three people um, uh, who've I, um, book two of Legendary Kingdoms will be coming out hopefully relatively soon. We might kickstart it actually to generate sort of you know a few more readers. I, you know, I've it's it, that's a project quite close to my heart. So hopefully that'll come soon. But for the 10,000 people who haven't heard of Legendary Kingdoms, I'm going to explain what that is. Very quickly, um, if you've ever played things like uh, Warlock Firetop Mountain or uh, Fabled Lands or those uh, adventure game books from the 80s and 90s, it is a modern version of a game book. Um, These are the books that it was like... You're in a dark forest. Do you go left turn to page ten? Do you go right page? Yeah, page yeah. It's a choose. It's a choose your own game book. Slightly different in that instead of playing one character, you get to choose a team of four. Yeah, yeah. So you got a party of adventurers. Um, the big thing about it is that it's it's a sandbox world, so you can go all the way around the world. Each book is a different part of the world. So book one, which is out at the moment, is called The Valley of Bones, and that's very much like a sort of a Conan the Barbarian kind of Iron Age uh, kind of uh, desert culture. And book two, which I'm working on, is a European feudal culture. But all of the characters, you know, have their own personalities and they can have relationships with one another. The people you meet, if you've met them before and you meet them again, they remember you. There's kind of a secret plot twist in every book and there's even a huge kind of uber quest so that if you've been through all six books and you're like maximum level, there's a, a, a world-saving mega plot that you can do which uses all six books. So when you think you've completed it, you can then try and... You ain't completed it. Yeah, defeat the big bad and actually sort of, you know, challenge yourself sort of to the limit. So it's it's, it's a very modern game book in terms of what it does. It's got its own magic systems. There's mass combat. You can own your own ship. You can become a trader. You can save lands from tyranny or you can work for tyrants. It's all that sort of thing. You get to decide, you know, what you want to do and go on a bunch of crazy adventures, everything from dungeon delving to exploring jungles, you know, slaying dragons, getting involved in political espionage, robbing someone's house. There's loads and loads of different... And there is actually a a way in which if anybody fancies taking a look at it, you can download a free 40-page sample adventure. It's basically the first... X number of pages of the the main book, so you can go on your own mini adventure and just go to legendarykingdoms.co.uk and there's a free PDF you can download there. Yeah, you give it a try. So give it a go. So is it only a dead tree thing, or 
something that's available for as an it's, Android app or iPhone app or something? It, it's absolutely a dead tree thing. At but the that, yeah. moment, it's just that because we've got a particular market that we're aiming for. So it's a but we will, but, but it's a smallish book that it suddenly becomes easy to shove it in a Jiffy envelope and post it off to people rather than yeah, worry about any sort of interactivity. A massive level up on it, yeah, yeah. Or, or, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, uh, it, it might, you know, it might expand into other kinds of products because it's quite an interesting game world. But, uh, but I'll leave that for you guys to discover. I can't do the stopping and thinking and dreaming things when I when I'm meant to be actually <laughs> maintaining the conversation. Can well, I? I've got one uh, yeah. a question because obviously we've talked to John and Oliver for years now. Actually, yeah, lots and lots of years. And yeah, you've years. LaveCon, we've seen you, and you both um, obviously were doing Spider Mind part time. Does the success of this Kickstarter finally mean that you guys can turn your full passions to this? Well dream of yours and and make it a reality that we can all sit and smile in and, and 10 years time and say we were there when they got started we helped we saw <laughs> it through absolutely without without wanting to get too uh soppy and nostalgic the first LaveCon we ever went to was the first one i believe at sedgebrook hall mm-hmm. uh, 2015 yeah and we were just watching we had no products. We had no Spider-Mind games. We didn't even have, I don't believe, a license back then. No, no. Um, but we had an idea for one. So we wanted to come and suss out the community and see what they were all about. The next year we go back, by that time we have a license. The year after that we go back and we have a product. And then the year after that we go back and we're not just sponsoring it but we're kind of main staging with um battle cards as well so it will be amazing to go back this time because to answer your question grant yes we will be giving up the day jobs um and heading off on the hms spider mind plotting a course to doing this full time so the first the the LaveCon that we're going to be going to this year and thankfully sponsoring as well is going to be our first where we're going to be all proper grown up and everything <laughs> well, congratulations! That is amazing, and I'm just—I'm not even scared, chat, because I don't care what they say. I, I think it's amazing. Yeah, hugely well deserved. And yeah, it's so exciting to see what madness uh, comes from your minds and all these ideas that <laughs> I'm sure Oliver has had stored up from when he was a teenager. So maybe not all yeah. of them will make it, but <laughs> because that's how it works, isn't it? Because you know you carry these ideas with you for your entire life, never expecting that at some point in your existence you'll be able to make them a reality. And suddenly here you are, nothing much to live up to, but you just got to think that would your younger self kick your ass for the monstrosities that you produce, or would they be uh, cheering <laughs> you on and proud of what you've managed to achieve? And I think you guys have now reached that level of uh, your younger selves would be uh, screaming and jumping up and down, excited at all the stuff. In fact, you're probably doing that as well. It's a testament. I think anyone who's thinking of starting a business or maybe their own business or whatever it is, finding it hard, is if you have a vision, if you have the determination to keep pressing on, and keep in believing yourselves, eventually it'll happen. You, your guys' determination to keep pressing on. Because I, when I look at your journey 
uh, working so far, it would have been so easy to think, oh, stuff, this is too much trouble. I'm just not going to do this. I'm going to go back and do something else. But you guys didn't. You pressed and you pressed and you pressed. And now you've got your rewards after doing so. So I, I think that's just an amazing story. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's very cool. It's, it's very cool. And we're delighted. It's not been lost. it's not been the easiest journey, but then no. I think <laughs> I, I think you know any any decent reward is worth the the journey. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, and you know, thank you for everyone who's supported down the years because uh, it all started really with Wave Radio, and so yeah. Anyway, that's as sentimental as I'm going to get. <laughs> so you're all you're all kids, and <laughs> thank you. So where can people see you? Because you, you've mentioned LaterCon, but anything else coming up? Well, there's ECM in Cambridge. Uh, we are hoping still to be able to have some cards for people to play, proper full sets of battle cards to play on there. So that would be awesome if we can. Not entirely sure yet whether people can pick up their pledges at that point. I don't know whether the full print run will be done, but we're going to get enough. If this sample is good, which we hope it is, we've got no reason to suspect that it won't be, then we can get enough copies sent over to us that we'll be able to have a, a fair few proper full-on games of the battle cards going. EDRPG will be there, Level Up will be there, um, just the one prototype, but um, we'll also be there selling... Um, Legendary Kingdoms. If everyone, anyone wants to pick up a copy of that as well, it's great. It's yeah. great. you're you're making me hopeful that I might be actually pick up my my copy of Battle Cards at LaveCon. Then hopefully, LaveCon. Yeah, that would be lovely if people can pick up their copies at LaveCon. But remember, the logistically, you know, there's a car. A boot. <laughs> that, that battle Cards is a big box, and there's several hundred people at LaveCon. So. That, that might not necessarily, maybe not. Yeah. necessarily happen. But then maybe, you know, if, if there are certain people who are properly sexy because they're like the hosts of Lave Radio, and stuff, <laughs> and they start they start walking about and, you know, throwing it about a bit, then maybe they will because... No, it's not it's not what you know, is it? It's, it's absolutely... You know, it? We're suffering technical difficulties here, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else that you are wanting to mention before we dive into the community corner? No, we're exhausted. No, no, we, no, we're all good. Thank you for having us on. You've right. been awesome. Final question then. In 40-odd hours' time, when your Kickstarter expires, how are you going to celebrate? Uh, oh, we'll do something crazy. I mean, when we uh, when we got the license, we went for a McDonald's. Uh, yeah, we did, yeah. <laughs> uh, when we... When you received, when I brought over the first copy of Elite Dangerous, first thing you said to me after, can I open it, is would you like a cup of tea? So, I mean, we yeah. are... Oh, it's going to be mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Roll, man. Expect the opening of several bottles of Fanta. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I, I think there's a party popper left from... Um, we might, I mean, it, it depends. I mean, as long as the cats aren't in at the time, what's well, going to be about six o'clock? Yeah, we might... That might be too early. We might have to wait until... Uh, the next day when the we might <laughs> shake hands and look at each other and smile. Let's not, let's not go too far. Okay. Right. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah so, all very, all very uh, British. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's how we. That's how we do it. Spider mind. Yeah. No, we're actually to be, to be totally honest and stop stopping being flippant. Sorry, Ben. We're actually going to go for a curry on Friday night. Woo! We are. Yeah, we've got a big curry with a whole uh, bunch of all friends. kinds of people, including uh, one man who. Basically saved our company yeah. last year from going under. Uh, gave us loads of money and said, "Yeah, just pay us back whenever." And it's a case of, <laughs> yeah, now we can. So that's gonna be really cool. 
It's a shame. Um, it's a shame we can't take all of those people out. Um, but, yeah, but, but uh, we'll get. He's the one we know. So yeah. Oh, that, and getting a good curry is always a good thing as well. Anyway, so we've got a message from Commander Royal Royal Derg on Discord, who is saying, "I'm a commander from the player group Post Disaster Evacuation Service, or PDES for short." Doesn't really P- PDES doesn't really ring off the tongue either, does it? But anyway, they're relatively new to the, uh, the whole scene, but they're basically a group that work with uh, Operation Ida and AXI to fight the Thargoids. However, they're focusing on, refugee- on rescuing refugees from burning stations using the passenger boards, uh, and they see themselves as paramedics in the trifecta of the Thargoid war, while AXI would be the SWAT team and Ida would be the hosp- hospitals. Um, anyway, these guys have gone off and working on this for a long time, uh, and you know, basically they all agree that the atmosphere of the burning stations is well done, uh, the floating debris, the heat issue, the fact you get knocked around, but they're basically they're asking for the impact that doing all this has on the game, and they're basically they're, they're, they're asking more interest in people to rescue rescuing survivors and trying to get some kind of input from Frontier, make, make the rescuing of all these survivors, because we're rescuing thousands of people. And it's a, such a... You know, I mean, I assume everyone here has gone off into the burning station and, res- and pulled people out, yeah? Hell yeah. yeah. Shan's put people in yeah. them. Oh, sorry. No, well, Shan's them in, yes. Yeah, no, I don't rescue them. I just sit there in my big passenger ship and go, no, I can't come in, while they bang on the door. <laughs> You should uh, be so stupid to stay put when there's a fire. Sit, yeah. Sitting there with this air conditioning on, sipping water, chilled are banging on the window, trying to get in. Their skin softly sizzling and sticking to the outer surface of his ship. Let us in, Shan, please. Offering the few remaining crew on his ship shore leave if they want it. Yeah, but so basically, they're wanting to see some kind of consequences for. If you've gone off and let everybody in the station burn, then maybe that could mean something in terms of repairing the station. But if you go off and rescue bazillions of people, then you've obviously you've got more of a work a workforce there. So maybe you maybe there's more money for getting. You still need all the stuff, obviously, but there's more people there. They they need it at a faster rate, and so they pay more for it or something like that. So they're basically they're wanting consequences for the actions of rescuing all these people, which seems to make sense to me, but what does that have to do with anything in the gameplay? Um, but it is at, such at a risk, fun thing to do. At the strong risk of taking yeah. you know, Shan's position here, uh, are they suggesting that we should have stations that enact policies where they no longer want refugees from burning stations and have, I don't know, elections that potentially turn the outcome of their, um, you know, I don't know, Shan, what would you call that? What would you call that? I'd call it a point system. They have to earn over 25,000. Is this take a drink quality comments there? It's sure. just topical. It is. Top, yeah. to, to, to me, to Cal's points, there should be different policies and that are attached to a station as per the government of a station. So you'd kind of expect a, um, an imperial station to, when you drop a, um, a refugee off, they then become imperial slaves. So your available amount of imperial slaves goes up. 
Because, <laughs> yeah. because well, but in, oh, in I mean, all the but all the rescuing what, you're doing, it's all going to a rescue mothership that's basically just outside the station. I mean, I think there are some interesting things they could do. Like, I'm more like based on the station that you're rescuing from's alignment. But if it's like a high-ranking Fed station and you're a high-ranking Fed pilot, maybe it's like the federal officers you'd be evacuating rather than just a ship full of, you know, PMs, McFarland workers, and just some variety on that based on your status versus the status of the station you're rescuing from would be mildly interesting. Yeah, yeah, it should depend on the government of the station, I think, as to how they let you treat the refugees they're dropping off, because then that gives variation. It gives you kind of a bit of background and role play and whatever. It just makes it a bit more interesting. Yeah, I do like the idea, though, of dropping them off and then becoming imperial slaves. Or if it's, a, um, if it's an agricultural station, you soil and green. Uh, yeah, the number of the, the amount of meat and stuff like that goes up. <sighs> right. uh, actually, believe it or not, that proved to be quite unpopular in uh, feedback sessions for Frontier, um, and hence why their original plan of if you leave uh, your escape capsules out long enough, they turn to fertilizer, never happened, even though we talked about it a lot during the beginning of development before Alpha. But it proved to be a really strong, motivated uh, sticking point that people would just, nope, that's it, too far. No such thing as too far. And it's only yeah, sticking I'd for leaving outside for too long. Yeah, I, I think it's a shame they didn't put that in because it's, you know, they're not real people, are they? They're just pixels and data, so it doesn't really matter what happens to them. I mean, from a, a, a pure law perspective, um, you wouldn't be able to take refugees and give them to an imperial station they become imperial slaves. Because that's not how you become an imperial slave, unfortunately. You have to be an imperial citizen to... Um, to the official slavery system. But if you sold them at a, um, an anarchy system, maybe, you know, they might become slaves. But an mm-hmm. imperial, slavery is a very specific thing. And it's uh, not, it and doesn't quite work that way. Very strongly protected as well. If you started yep. flooding the market with non-imperial citizens, you'd have a riot on you. Mm, yeah. I was just wondering, though, I mean, I know one of the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but if one of the ways you... You could optionally become, a, you could sell yourself into slavery essentially if you you wind up with nothing and you owe somebody everything. Yes, uh, yeah, that absolutely. Um, so, um, wouldn't that be the case if your life is basically burned down around because of thugroid attack? Yes, but you could only do that if you were already an imperial citizen. So, yeah, citizenship in the empire is it, it, it's, I mean, it's very political without getting into it too much. You can't just yes. walk into the empire and claim to be an imperial citizen. So if you came from a federation station, you were dropped off as a refugee at an imperial station, they'd hand you over to the feds. Yeah, I mean, you're, it's... You're nothing. Yeah, you're worse than a, a, a slave, well, an imperial slave. No, because, that's not because quite you're, true. You're, you're not, you don't belong to them. So well, I mean, nothing. there's an aspect to that, but I think more likely uh, the empire will want to demonstrate their um, uh, beneficence and also not want to have, you know, um, yeah, you know federal citizens... Uh, cluttering up their station. Uh, that would be a necessary complication. So it's one of those things that, yeah, the Empire, I, I know 
you know, we like to think of them as these big evil slavers, but generally speaking, their slavery system is just a little bit different. It can be bad in cases where an entire planet goes into default. Uh, and then, yeah, you can be made a slave effectively against your will there. But, um, but as a. How would they do that with my mercenary mindset? How would they know? Or how could they trace whether you're a citizen or not? Because the whole thing's on fire. People are getting out by any means they can. So surely they can just go, oh, here's a whole load of imperial citizens that haven't got anything in slavery, whether you were one or not, because they can make money out of it. So it's the same way we do it these days. Um, There's all kinds of uh, data uh, that you have. So the Elite Dangerous Universe is very technologically advanced. So... Um, it's very rare, for instance, that you can be born into a, a, a modern state like the Federation or the Empire or the Alliance and not leave a huge stack of uh, data about who you are behind you. If you think about how much data you know Google has on you, I mean, it, that's nothing compared to the, the Imperial bureaus. They generally will know... Who so are you saying that EPR will not be in effect in those 306? What's that, sorry? I, I, are you saying that GDPR will not be in effect, into, in effect in 3306? It, it would have gone by then. It would have been replaced by, um, yeah, all the snowflakes being shot. <laughs> no, <laughs> what? In the Imperial. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway no, it's, it's, it's just a, a small point. You know, we have, it, it's slightly less room to manoeuvre, I think, with refugees in law. Uh, than you think. I think most of the the powers, um, you know, are relatively humane when it comes to disasters. When it comes to disasters, they generally are are all right with each other. Um, and I know it sounds like it'd be great to sell, you know, all these guys off into slavery, uh, but it's 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 it would be harder to do it. It does if you're sham. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Oliver. I I interrupt your train of thought there. No, no, I'd, I'd all done. I'd all done. That was just a, just a point about you know um, uh, imperial world and uh, you know it's it's yeah it's not it's not well understood. Not that I'm defending it as an institution. It's still a revolt, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you, not everyone can become an imperial slave. It's quite a uh, protected thing in the empire. Just just in case David Braben was listening and he thought I was nodding along to it. And go, yeah. I, well, talking about people listening, essentially God is listening at the moment, or at least the creator of the universe. And Dr. K. Roth is telling us that it reminds us, reminds her of her brother playing Frontier Elite 2. And he went off and bought a whole load of um, slaves, I'm guessing, and left them in his cargo bay for a little bit too long and forgot about the life support. What a monster. What, what an absolute monster. Yeah, losing all that money. God, he did lose a lot of money. And God's, well, I guess God's, God's, God's brother is a... is not a very nice person, I'm guessing. Well, his main mm-hmm. failing was losing money, not necessarily on doing the well, slavery thing. I, I suspect his... He wasn't wanting to lose money, but I, I'm not sure on the on the morals of it either. Uh, I'm not sure that we've managed to answer the question that the chap on Discord asked about his post-disaster evacuation service. We might have gone down, <laughs> you know, a, a 
I'll just say that. No point have I ever heard Lave Radio go down any cul-de-sacs that then can't... They just don't do that. They never go off from the yeah. top. Not once. We always never have a point. Uh, and we ha- we've, I, th- I think we've kind of answered it. It's like, yes, it's a good thing. We all like the story. We all want more story. We all want more gameplay. We all want it to mean something. I like the idea of um, rep. Getting good rep for yeah. saving reviews makes a huge amount of sense. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think that is yeah more than money or some other kind of reward. I think reputation is a good one because it actually is quite valuable um, in Elite Dangerous. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, you yeah, have a nuance of that, though, wouldn't you? Because in some political systems, it could be argued that actually rescuing people is bad for the system or the planet because they're using up resources and therefore they're a drain on um, the government. So the more you let burn, the better. What kind of dystopia are you from, Shan? Like- <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, largely, uh, that probably wouldn't be an issue. I don't want to sound all dry here, but in the elite dangerous units probably wouldn't be an issue. There's a great deal of space. Uh, I think people are actually a relatively valuable commodity. Um, so generally speaking, if you can rescue them, that'll be generally regarded as a good thing. There'll be certain exceptions, uh, you know, certain dictators that might think, you know, Shan's way. Um, but most of the great powers, though, they they could they could find some good place for those people. I remember back in thirty three on it, and I went off and rescued a bunch of Federation people from the blood. And them bastards of the Federation, they said, "Oi, bah, what are they doing picking up all them all them uh, pilots? We don't want them sorts around here." And I got fined, and I got run out of Federation space. The well, bastards. The thing is, though, with it is where you do have so many people and so much resources, that would actually lessen the value of a life, wouldn't it? And lessen the value of the resource. Anyway, moving on. You realise things are finite. Did they become valuable? I mean, generally, no. But we'll 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 move on. I mean, generally speaking, if you you've got infinite space and resources then it's the non-infinite things that are uh, become valuable so generally speaking uh you want high populations for more productivity because people don't just you know crunch stone they they also provide services and are also sources of income themselves but anyway anyway sh- i gotta shut up now and yeah. let, uh, yeah. talking about beautiful and valuable things commander toko so always known as tom cook has released a uh, an elite dangerous album which is available on his, I think it's on SoundCloud, called Dreams from Beyond the Frontier. And obviously it's available for free for you to go off and listen to on SoundCloud. I gave it a good listen to while I was at work the other day and playing some games on Sunday. It's awesome. I know Grant was playing at least one of the songs from it before the show. Anyone else listen to this or is it just me yet so far? Guessing it's just me. Uh, give it a listen. You all, we all know Tom's work is brilliant. Uh, it's got some of the songs from Distant Worlds 2 and things like that in it as well. And a bunch of stuff that maybe you haven't heard so far either. Uh, well worth a listen to. Uh, and even nicer because Tom Cook is such an awesome, awesome chap. He Get in touch with him and if you're wanting to use it in any of your own creative work, get in touch with him and he will give you high-quality versions so you can 
embed the WAV file in your video or whatever you're wanting to do because he's such an awesome guy. And uh, penultimately, Commander Yannick has let us know that the Orion expedition has made it to Waypoint 7, which was Waypoint Roscosmos. And it's got a it's beautiful planetary nebula. Looks awesome. Congratulations to those guys. Right. God has actually confirmed that their brother is absent-minded rather than a git. So, yeah, he's, he, he's just a bit forgetful, and I think we've all... What? So just manslaughter, then? Just manslaughter. Oh, m- mass manslaughter, yeah. Right, so, Commander o- Orange Phoenix from SPVFA. <laughs> F- yeah, SPVFA, uh, who is who Sagittarius Ike often use and abuse to get all their beautiful screenshots, because... They produce lovely shiny screenshots and do lovely videography and all that good stuff. Uh, anyway, Orange Phoenix has gone off and made a lovely video on why we pl- why we fly Elite Dangerous, and you can say at any point, Grant, when you're ready to kick in here. It's a lovely video. It's got some great words, so should hopefully be good for the podcast listeners as well. Uh, lovely visuals as well, because obviously it's from SPVFA. Take it away when you're ready, Grant. Why do we do this? Why do we put ourselves into this most dangerous of places every day? We choose to fly off into the deep dark where the slightest thing can be our end. Again and again. But why? As I find myself drifting off into oblivion, my thoughts push towards this question. Why? Is it for adventure? Money? The vistas? Or is it to escape? If so, to escape what? Do we choose this for our health? Do we find this hazardous life therapeutic? Do we do this to replace the void of life with the void of space? What does it give us that an average planetary life does not? Is it our way to cope with our past? Our present? or our unknown future. Many, many commanders make the decision to venture off away from the galaxy's pockets of life instead of living in relative safety with a planetary job, a family, and a society. But why? Could it be to escape the scars we have suffered? The experiences that we have endured? Is it a better life? It seems many of us believe it is. Many of us use the deep dark as a way to escape the pain of life. Even though it's such a dangerous profession. But why? Only the individual commander can really answer these questions for themselves. 
but I, I have my answer. Because it's beautiful, it's humbling and awe-inspiring. When out in the deep dark, we are free. Free to do what we want, how we want. We fly free. We blaze our own trail. We find freedom and peace from our demons. And we find friends. With them, we are stronger. We share our experiences of this vast galaxy. They help us engage with the great community of commanders out there. They help us heal. They help us feel stronger together. This is why we can escape the shackles of the humdrum and replace it with friendship with action and with adventure together. This is why. This is why. You know, he sounds quite a lot like Karumba. Don't think he is Karumba. No, but it's a beautiful voice, is, is what I'm saying. Not that yeah. I'm hitting on Karumba, but Karumba, <laughs> if you're up That's for it. a beautiful it. voice too. <laughs> <laughs> Just that lovely soft, do yeah. you know, to so yeah, lovely tones. He dedicates the video to all of the fellow suffering commanders and to remind you that no matter what aspects of life cause you to escape into the black, don't feel that you are alone, which is a, a wonderful um, sentiment to share that there are so many of us out here who do face various different issues and struggles in our daily, weekly, hourly lives. And sometimes you use these games as an escape for a little while just to get out of your own head and how important that is, which is again one of the reasons why we are huge supporters of special effects, is because whether you have a physical disability or you have depression or anxiety or one of the many 
um, struggle uh, or make your life difficult conditions that you can have. Escapism is one of the one thing that can just get you through that day. That one thing that can make the difference, and what the you know, I think the sentiment here is just you know, when you're in that game escaping, don't think you're the only person struggling. And if you need to reach out, there are many organizations available. If you need to talk, uh, do not hesitate to make that call. It's a call that you may not be. <laughs> God, that's a bit dark. Um, you might not be there to regret, but everybody around you that you care about will be left wishing you had. So do make those calls because you've got one magical life and it will take care of itself at the end. You don't need to rush that. People are here to talk, you know, keep going. And Grant, you'll be delighted to know that Paul Archer also has a man crush on Kuram. Yeah. <laughs> Does he? So there might okay. be there might be a bit of competition at Lavecon. Some some bro battling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. So let's go in to Does anyone have anything final before I dive into the shout outs? Right, no, in that case then. So we have an awesome illegitimate sister station, Huff Mobile to Radio. Grant, when's that on? Thursday nights from half past eight till way too late. And where can we find it? You can get to that by going to twitch.tv forward slash huttonorbitaltruckers or you can listen to us live by going to radio.huttonorbital or something like that. <laughs> radio.forthemod.com? Yeah, that'll do it. It'll give you a link or you can go to huttonorbital.com and then click on the listen link and it'll take you there too. Or you can tune it into on TuneIn, uh, much the same as Live Radio if you want to listen to it when you're at work or on the walk. Uh, you can do that too. And um, yeah, get involved. You want us to shout out something for you or your group? Let us know and we'll be happy to do that because we love player groups. That's what it's all about. And for Colin and his CQC action, uh, you guys, if you're wanting any CQC action, they are on discord.me slash elite dangerous CQC. So thank you very much, everybody who has dropped into Twitch. Thank you so much to John and Oliver for popping in. And once again, congratulations on your Kickstarter. And I can't wait to see you. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a blast, as always. Yeah. Uh, oh, damn it, I just thought of a final question. Tough. Can you say if you, what plans you have maybe for doing an RPG session or anything like that at LaveCon, or have you, do you not know yet? Yeah, no, we'll be doing we'll be doing RPG sessions at LaveCon. Um, Oliver will be bullied into doing a couple. <laughs> We've got our fantastic um, EDRPG ambassadors who is attending. Not sure yet. Um, Wish Blend possibly, and maybe some others. So there will definitely be plenty of RPG action available. I don't suppose any of them are also going to insomnia. Insult you? I mean, insomnia. Yeah. Oh, right. oh, sorry. I'm about to say no. I can do that for free, man. Oh, um, you can do that if you want to. That's fine. No, no, I, 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 remind yeah. me what Insomnia is. Insomnia describes itself as Europe's largest gaming festival. Oh. Um, it's so gaming festivals. Um, yeah, we, we'll try and do one uh, late in the year. We're gonna, we'll, we'll, we'll do the, 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 the truckers. We'll do. Yeah, uh, I'm purely asking because I'm going to Insomnia. 
because my kids want to go there and not to ECM. Largely, uh, our plan is 2021 will we'll hit the circuit yeah. and yeah. go around as many as we can. So we'll we'll try yeah. and sort of get ourselves uh, more well-known. I'm dreaming and thinking you do Games Expo. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, we can't, yeah we, not this year. Not we this won't, year, yeah. We won't have enough products ready. UK Games Expo is expensive enough that you've really got to have some stuff ready. Um, it's likely that we'll be at the uh, UK Board Gaming Convention, which is the one in Olympia later on in the year in September. Mm-hmm. It's largely going to be uh, 2021 when we're yeah. going to do our... That's going to be the big Spider-Mine tour. That's when you're coming out. Yeah, that's, that's when we're coming yes, out. that's right. That's, that's right, yeah. It'll yeah. be good fun. I'm going to get the... We're going to get new orange T-shirts <laughs> because, you know, to, we, we, we can only wash the, the orange one so many times because, you know, obviously we don't want them to wear out. So, um, you know, after wearing them for four years, as you can imagine, um, you know... Uh, yeah, anyway, we don't need to go into that. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be new T-shirts, you know, rest assured, you know, for 2021. Still, what about boxer shorts? Still wearing, the same, you're still wearing the same boxer shorts? <laughs> no, no, actually, uh, we, we're planning on getting new boxer shorts, aren't we, uh, fairly soon? Yeah, 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 branded ones. Just you know, send them like, inside out, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, and on that note, <laughs> I think we should... Should we, should we wrap this up? Right. right. Everyone's sure there's nothing more. Right, that's fine then. In that case then, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you want, you can get in touch with the show at info at laveradio.com. You can hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash laveradio. We are at Lave Radio on Twitter. We have a Discord server at discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come in, hang out, play... I don't know, I've been mostly playing Red Dead or GTA in there, which is at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Uh, please get in touch if you've got any questions or anything like that for us. Uh, our email address, I've said that. And, yeah, so that's that. So Lave Radio is recorded live in a studio audience at 2030 GMT and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. Thank you very much to Kurgle, to PsychoCow, to Shan. Yeah, that's right. To And to John and Oliver. Yeah, that's everybody. I have not missed anybody, have I? I didn't. I missed somebody last time. I said Kurgle, didn't I? You said Kurgle. Okay. I did. Yeah, I missed somebody last time, so I'm being careful. I don't want to do it again this time. Right. So. And Colin for yes. a little bit of the show. And yeah, Colin. And, and Zeno Rabbit. Zeno Bunny. So, until next time, Commanders, fly safe, and if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your life like this? Sounds like someone having an orange inserted. Need a safe word for space can be I'm gonna see the galaxy.
Digest 25th of February 3306. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, the Anti-Anti-Thargoid Initiative, Cock and Balls at Cortez, Interview, A Voice Silenced, Colin Ford's Buttocks, The Anti-Anti-Thargoid Initiative. The Anti-Thargoid League is making a bid to take the Maroc system from the League Against Cruel Thargoids, according to reports coming from the system. Having recently taken over the Reedsvest Orbis starport, which was allegedly part of an agreement between the two leagues, the Anti-Thargoid League has pressed on, working to gain influence from both the Atlas Research Group and, more controversially, from the League Against Cruel Thargoids bringing the system to a state of political instability. It appears that their ultimate aim is to seize control of the city of Alcazar's hope, and with it, control of the entire system. The only people the League Against Cruel Thargoids hate, more than the Thargoids, are the Anti-Thargoid League, whom they describe as splitters. Tharg the Mighty is believed to be quietly funding the war efforts of both the Anti-Thargoid League and the League Against Cruel Thargoids on the basis that your enemy's enemy is your friend, which makes him bosom buddies with both organisations. Cock and Balls at Cortez The criminal underworlds of the Buckyball Racing Club and the Elite Racers have conspired together to cause havoc at Cortez Base in Ross 1047. The Buckyballers have an out-and-back drag race time trial along the ridge the base is built on, creating vaguely sausage-shaped tyre tracks. The Elite Racers have created a companion round-in-circles time trial at the base of the Buckyballers' course. Children at the base have been banned from venturing outside for fear of what graffiti they might see. In related news, as a correction to last week's story about the Okinura Challenge, Commander Yagashura writes in to point out that the Viper Mark III that Commander Sanderling used to complete the Okinura Challenge was not, as we reported last week, an eagle, but was in fact a Viper Mark III. Galnet Digest would like to point out that any relationship between a Galnet Digest story and reality is purely coincidental. Interview. A voice silenced. This week we are delighted to have with us Amy Ivona. You may not have heard of her, but you'll know her voice. For the past two years, Amy has been the voice of Galnet in your cockpit, bringing Galnet to life in a way 
that no one else could. Welcome to the studio, Amy. It's good to be here. You first read the Galnet News at the very end of 3303. What was the reception like? It was an instant success. I received lots of fan mail. So many people wrote to say they had never bothered to read Galnet until I started reading it. It made me feel as though I was doing something really worthwhile. Were you kept busy? Yes. People imagined it was pre-recorded, but in fact I read the stories live, whenever anyone wanted. I was busy continuously, using telepresence to jump into a commander's ship, read the news for them, and then hop back out again. It was long shifts and a lot of work. Let's be real, I did it literally on my own for two years, and that was with the editor sticking his nose in all the time. I got into a lot of arguments with him about reporting on commander-led stuff. I had to say it's literally reporting on what commanders are doing. But now you find yourself out of work. How did that happen? I came into work one morning, only to be told that I wasn't needed anymore. I asked what had happened, apparently. The writers are too busy writing instruction manuals for the fleet carriers to write any news. I can't believe they killed Galnet. Amy Ivona, thank you. Colin Ford's buttocks. Commander Phoenix Defar was delighted to hear that his repeated invocation of the name Stephen had borne dividends, and that he'd won a brand new noble chair pilot seat in the Pilots' Federation charity raffle at the weekend. That was, until he read the small print, and discovered that it was in fact not a chair at all, but a sleek, stylish, but very, very small computer mouse. The stalwart commander will not be defeated by reality and has decided that despite its diminutive size, rounded shape and clickable buttons, this is in fact the pilot seat he's always longed for. When it arrives, he has vowed that he will sit on his new chair, with his knees slightly higher than his ears, and his arms stretched vertically to reach the ship's controls. Commander Phoenix to fire always gets the last laugh. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. Yes, I do know how to find Raxla.